Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my home school, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus, because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world easier it is to live more simply. So today I want to talk about these challenging financial times that we are living in. Like I literally just returned from the grocery store and I am feeling for the first time ever really squeezed. That's the only way I can describe it. Like like squeezed and I mean, number one, there are many aisles in the grocery store that were empty, and there was actually, I don't know why, but the entire vegetable, uh, frozen vegetable refrigerated section there was empty. It was crazy. Certain things that I've always been able to get, I'm not able to get. Other things that I wasn't able to get a while ago, now I'm able to get. It's like there's no rhyme or reason. But besides that, I am really noticing the prices going up sky high. And it's just, like I said, it feels like I'm just being squeezed. Not to mention driving home from the grocery store, gas prices I saw today were at our very highest in my area, highest I've ever seen in my life, $4.75 a gallon. So we're going to talk about some practical ways that we can all get back to the basics and how we can Um, you know, use this simplifying uh, to our advantage, I guess, right? How can we really focus on the things that matter most? You know, some practical tips. I asked on Instagram the other day for you guys uh, to submit your ideas, and I got a bunch that I want to share. I thought those were great, but I also really want to tie into this a lot of the spiritual aspect, because I don't know about you, but I'm not going to say that I am enjoying these high prices, but I do see the benefit of it in that I'm making a lot of wiser choices. I'm being much more intentional about what I'm doing with my time and my money right now um, because of all of the high prices. And I think, you know, we can also tend to feel like, woe is us, and when is this going to stop, and you know, why God? And I want to share some biblical truths with you about that as well, to hopefully encourage you during this time that yes, it's a struggle, yes, it's hard, but let's keep our eyes on Jesus. So we'll talk about the practical things we can do during these challenging times, and some encouragement from the Bible as well. Before I start, I want to thank my podcast sponsor as always, Apologia. Apologia is a Christ-centered, award-winning homeschool curriculum provider. They right now have a sale. You can save 25% off the Word in Motion now through May 31st. You could save 25% off on their Bible curriculum, the Word in Motion, using the promo code Learn the Bible. Uh, So go to Apologia.com and check that out. They have a Word in Motion two-volume Bible study curriculum that equips families to read the Word of God with passion, purpose, and big-picture understanding. Uh, In Volume 1, students will explore the people, places, and events of all 39 books of the Old Testament, and Volume 2 will cover those same, same things in the 27 books of the New Testament. 
So the Word in Motion Bible Curriculum, 25% off. Use the code LEARNTHEBIBLE at Apologia.com. Go check it out. All right, so let's talk about these tough times, right? You know, our family has gone through many tough financial times in the past, for sure. Uh, We always like to tell the story to my kids that when um, my husband lost his job, many years ago. Well, I shouldn't even say it was when he lost his job. It was when we first got married. Actually, he lost his job three times in our marriage. So (laughs) if anybody knows about financial uh, hard times, it's us. But one of the times when we first got married, um, he lost his job right when I was pregnant with my firstborn. I mean, I was pregnant within two months of getting married. So here we were, young couple, first jobs right out of college, Um, getting pregnant right after we got married. And yeah, he loses his job. And I had decided to be a stay-at-home mom. I was like, I'm not working. I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. So, you know, we know what it's like to struggle. But we always tell my kids the story of like, we didn't even have enough money to order a pizza. Like, we we would literally lived paycheck to paycheck. And I remember at that time, pizza was only $8 a pie. And I remember being like, we can't order a pizza. Like, we don't have $8. Um, so it kind of, you know, just cracks my kids up because now we're always like, oh, let's order pizza. Let's order pizza. Although I must say we are not ordering pizza as much as we used to. We are being much more intentional about how we spend our money because pizza, what, is like $15 a pie now. And when you have a large family, it adds up, right? All right. So some practical tips that I got from Instagram the other day from you guys. So let's talk about some of these practical things first. Like the biggest thing that I was thinking today is that because of these tough financial times, it's really actually the blessing in it, if you can say blessing, but the blessing in it is that I have been reprioritizing and rethinking what we're doing, not just with our money, but with our time. Because Where I live, I have to drive like 30 minutes to really get anywhere. If I want to go grocery shopping, if I want to go to Walmart, if I want to go um, to a restaurant, if I want to go even really to a friend's house, if I want to go to church, it's at least 30 minutes. And so these gas prices for us are no joke, right? So I'm trying to consolidate my outings. I'm not like, oh, I'll just go to the store just for the sake of going to the store. I'm, I'm being a lot more intentional about how I'm using my time and where I'm going because of the gas prices. And then aside from that, like shopping, if I don't need it, I am not buying it right now. And guess what? There are so many things we don't need that we think we need. And for many years at Simply Living for Him, I've talked about getting rid of clutter, you know, not, uh, you know, having a more simple life, getting back to the basics. And it's like right now is where the rubber meets the road. I feel like the Lord is like, yeah, here, you know, you want to be simply living for Him. Let's do it because I don't want to buy anything right now that really isn't necessary or is just kind of frivolous or you know when you uh, sometimes you buy things just because it makes you feel good like that target dollar spot makes you feel good well I'm not going in target right now because I don't need to come home with things that are really not needed right now so I'm being a lot more intentional about how I'm spending my money I mean like I said I just came back from the grocery store and even with that 
I'm like, are we really going to eat this? Do I really need this? You know, I really probably should get back into meal planning. I haven't done that in a very long time because I know that that really helps with the grocery bill. Um, But I was just like, if we don't really need it or I feel like it's just an impulse buy or I feel like it's going to go to waste, I'm not buying it right now. Uh, It makes you really think twice about what you actually need. And I have been really seeing a difference in, um, in my attitude just towards material things and like realizing I, I just don't need it. Now, one huge thing we're doing now, this may seem, <clears throat> excuse me, this may seem counterintuitive, but one thing we're actually not doing this year is having a garden. And I know that sounds crazy, right? It's like grow your own food when you can't get food or the food is expensive. But if you're like out there and you garden, it can be costly to start your garden every year. At least for us, we have started things by seed, but this year that's definitely not happening. It's much too late now. Um, But you know, to buy all the plants when we have a large garden. So we've always had a very large garden. And it's kind of sad because when we moved in here, our dream was like, we're going to have the largest garden we can so that we can give all the food away. Now, of course, like now is the time to do that because people need food, right? But for us right now, we were like, you know what, to go buy all the plants because we don't have things started from seed this year. Life has just been too crazy to do that. To go buy all the plants, it's going to cost a lot of money. And, you know, it kind of breaks my heart to just say that because it sounds like, wow, Karen, you guys were doing Love's Farm and giving all your food away and now you're, you're not. So part of it is we just, like I said, didn't want to spend all the money to start the garden this year. And, you know, I'll be honest with you because I'm always honest with you guys. I'm not trying to pretend anything out here. I am tired. I am so tired. Like this year has really done me in emotionally and physically. And the thought of just like caring for the garden every day and weeding it and just keeping up with it and watering it, I I just, I need a year off. I told Steve, I just don't want to do it this year. I'm too tired. And I hate saying that and I hate sounding like a whiner and I hate just like the fact, because we moved here with all these dreams of all this, you know, gardening and the animals and all that. And I do love it and I love the garden and I love to do all that, but like I said, it's expensive to get it started this year to buy all the plants, and I'm tired. So this year, speaking season really kicked my tushy, to be honest with you. And I didn't really do a huge speaking season, and I have one more event to do. But traveling has really just been very difficult on me physically this year. Um, I don't talk about it much on here, but I have a health condition that has um, kind of reared its ugly head lately. And like I'm feeling it when I traveled or do events, I'm tired. And I think a lot of it has to do with just life this past year has been so emotionally draining that it is affecting me physically as well. So we're not doing the garden this year and there's always next year. Now, on the other hand, we, we're letting um, Ethan, my youngest, our little farmer boy, we're letting him try something w- with our garden space so it won't go to waste. 
Last year, we grew some pumpkins just for the fun of it, but we grew some beautiful pumpkins, like these white ones and these greenish colored ones. Um, like not, They're not even green. They're like like a teal almost color. Um, and just all these different cool pumpkins. And we kind of just threw the seeds in to see what would happen, and we got some. So we did buy a few seed packets for him, and he's going to use our garden to try to grow some pumpkins, and uh, we'll see how that goes. So the space won't go to waste, and I, you know, I probably, maybe, I definitely want to do grow basil and tomatoes because, like, I don't know, I just feel like you have to do that. But I won't be having this big, huge garden, so we can even do that on my deck probably. But anyway... Um, that was one way that I said to Steve, you know what, we don't need to go spend the day at the garden. Like we go to this big, um, farm out here that has like greenhouse after greenhouse after greenhouse of plants and it's beautiful and wonderful. And I love all that, but you can spend a lot of money just starting the garden. Um, and so we're not doing it this year. That's one of the things. And, you know, the other thing about tough financial times right now is, just like I said, the intentional, like, uh, you know, just being so intentional, intentional about what you are doing, it's really making a difference. Like, you know, before I thought nothing of, oh, we need something, I'll go order on Amazon, or, ooh, that looks cool, I'd like one of those too, I'll order on Amazon. I'm just like, no, we're not going on Amazon right now, right? Unless we absolutely need something. Like, I don't need clothes, I have a closet full uh, sure, there's things that are outdated, but honestly, who cares? I don't need to uh, buy like another thing for my house. My house is a functional house. We enjoy our home. I don't need any decor right now because that's literally the last thing I want to do with my money right now is buy a picture for the wall. We need our money for food. We need our money for paying our bills. And we need our money for just... Um, you know, getting by right now because times are financially really, really difficult. So some of the ideas that you guys had on Instagram, I'm going to share. Let me just get my little screenshot out because I took a screenshot of the ideas. Um, funny thing is a lot of these ideas came from one person because she had such great ideas and she submitted a whole bunch. Um, but some of them are make homemade laundry detergent. I don't know how I feel about that one. I did that years ago. And then like I started reading these articles about how it doesn't really get your clothes clean. And I don't know how I feel about that one and if it saves enough money. But that is, you know, something that many people do. I do love cleaning with natural products. I have cleaned with vinegar and water forever. I don't buy those harsh chemical cleaners, you know, for my countertops or my floors because number one, I don't like all that chemical-y stuff and it's expensive. And vinegar is a natural uh, antifungal, antivirus, antibacterial, and it kills germs. And it gets things super clean, like cleaner than a lot of those commercial cleaners. So vinegar and water for me, just yesterday, I cleaned our deck railings, which were disgusting. We have a big front porch and a big back deck, and it's be they're beautiful, and I love having them. But over the winter, they get disgusting, like they're covered in like green and black and mold and you know you got to scrub them down and usually we power wash at this time of the year but we haven't gotten to that yet but I was like you know what I can get a scrub brush and I can clean the rails on the deck and I just filled a bucket with hot water vinegar 
and some dish soap. And oh my goodness, they were like sparkly new. And with the scrub brush, it was like really not that bad to wipe down and clean off the deck railings, not the actual deck. We have a Trek deck. So my husband uh, or my son will power wash that. But I'm talking about the railings, you know, that go around the whole deck. Um, we, I just got a scrub brush and scrubbed down and then hosed it down and they look like new. So vinegar is highly recommended. So somebody here recommended baking soda. Same thing, uh, a natural cleaner or other things. It says on my little list here, she wrote many uses. I don't know what the uses are, but you can Google it, I'm sure. And of course, baking soda, what is it like? So inexpensive, right? And again, vinegar, so inexpensive. I buy those big, um, I guess they're gallon sizes and they last forever and I dilute it with water in a spray bottle and I clean almost everything with that. Um, we have a kitchen floor that is kind of a cheapo, came with the house. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's, oh, vinyl, vinyl, that's what it would be. Um, and I use vinegar and water to clean that floor and it cleans it so well. Um, I use it to wipe down my cabinets, um, my counters, um, I use it to clean my windows, I use it daily for everything, to clean out the sink, to clean down the bathroom counter, to clean the mirrors. Uh, I do use toilet cleaner in the toilet, um, but I also use vinegar in the shower to clean the um, the uh, tub and everything like that. Like it literally cleans everything and it's so inexpensive. Uh, so somebody else also mentioned homemade cleaning products. Oh, and she said, oh, vinegar and water with some essential oils. I do that as well. I add in the winter, I add like a immunity type um, uh, uh, essential oil. And right now I have lemon in it or, you know, that's a really, really good uh, help to boost your cleaning. Um, somebody said, learn to make meatless dinners, good old grilled cheese and tomato soup. Amen. I love grilled cheese and tomato soup. In fact, I had grilled cheese for dinner tonight and it's like my favorite food ever. Um, but yeah, such a simple, like simple dinners. Like honestly, when times are tough, w there's no need to try to, uh, create what you see on a, a food TV network or, you know, in your better homes and gardens magazine right now. Simple dinners. I mean, we have gotten into this uh, notion in our society that like we have to have these gourmet, you know, different recipes, all of this. My kids just want to eat. Like they don't care if I have fancy suppers. Now we've never been a big meat eating family because I actually don't like red meat. I'm not a vegetarian, but people think I am because I don't eat red meat. It's not that I don't eat it for any reason, except that I don't like it. So I've never made red meat. So we never have been like a big meat eating family. I'll make chicken for the kids or we eat a lot of pasta and things like that. But um, just recently, my son's got a taste of their first steak and burgers and things like that, and they liked it. So I have no problem with them eating it. It's just that I don't really cook it because I don't know how because I don't like it. So my husband's like, oh, no problem. I can make the steaks and the burgers because it just it grosses me out. So anyway, that stuff is expensive. I'm like, how do people buy this? <laughs> so they like it, and I'm like, great, we can, you know, have you know, more variety of meals now because the boys all like meat, but it is expensive. So we definitely will continue our more meatless meals, more poultry, but we will incorporate a little bit of meat here and there. Um, but yes, it is totally expensive. All right, let me see. I have some others here. 
trying a small veggie garden. Like I said, a veggie garden is good. If you start from seed, it can be very inexpensive, especially if you save your own seeds. But if you're going to go and buy plants that are already started, it does add up. Now, obviously, it doesn't add up to like, I mean, we've had years where we've just had, you know, piles and piles and piles of tomatoes and zucchini and lettuces. I mean, yes, you're it's you're still going to be saving money because all of that produce. But for us, we couldn't eat all that produce. We had so much produce, but for us, we enjoyed putting it out front with a sign that said, you know, take what you need, you know, free. And we loved being able to bless others that way. And we were able to kind of connect with people in our community because we were giving out free vegetables. Um, but you know what? This year we just can't do it. So that's something you have to weigh. Is it cost effective? You know, we were more doing it not for the cost the other years. We were doing it because, number one, we enjoyed doing it. We enjoyed growing our own food. We enjoyed being able to give it away. Um, but right now, like I said, I am tired. I just am not physically wanting to be out there every day you know, maintaining the garden. Um, I just, I just don't want to. So we're taking the year off. Uh, somebody says, as much as I hate this, use less paper plates. That's a funny one because I never bought a lot of paper plates. Unless we were having company, we did not use paper plates. Now, and that's for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, and so recently, I talked about this on Instagram, but our dishwasher broke last year. And rather than fixing it, it wasn't because of a cost thing. I just started washing the dishes by hand when it broke. And I was like, you know what? I really don't mind washing the dishes by hand. Actually, I think they get cleaner washing them by hand. And so I have, we haven't fixed the dishwasher. Um, and so I actually, I know most people think I'm weird, but I don't mind washing the dishes. But when you're talking about, you know, three boys, your husband, and you, every single dish, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know, it gets to be a lot. Although I've told my kids, you wash it when you use it and put it away, it's really not a big deal. Like we don't want dishes piling up in the sink or anything like that. What I've done if they do pile up, like at dinner, like all the pots and all of us sit down for dinner, I will wash them in the sink and I let them dry in my dishwasher. So the dishwasher is being used for something. I just put them on the rack to dry. But usually we just wash them and put them away right then when we use them. And it's so easy. Like I don't miss my dishwasher at all. However, I have been using paper plates now because sometimes I'm like, do we really need to wash every single meal, every, you know, lunch? So for, I'll, I'll tell the boys, like, if you're just going to have a sandwich, can we just use a paper plate? So we do kind of use a mix of both, but I buy those cheapy, cheapy uh, paper plates, those like, you know, white, plain old, no flowers or anything like that. Um, and so we've been using those. Um, here and there, a little bit of a mix. But I guess, you know, my main tips would be really thinking about, do you really need this thing? Do you really need to bring something home right now into your house that is just going to cause clutter and you really don't need it? Like when you have less money, you're so much more intentional about how you use it. We've always said that. We've been like, you know what, just because we make more money now than when the kids were little and Steve had, you know, less paying job does not even necessarily mean we have more because you just, for some reason, the more you have, the more you spend. So right now when times are tight, we're actually not spending nearly as much because 
we're really intentional and really evaluating what we need versus what we think we need, right? Because there's a lot of things we think we need. We really, really don't. So I've been like evaluating every purchase. Is this necessary? Do I really need this? And again, with my time, do I really need to go do that thing right now? Do I, is this really important to go somewhere? Because the gas is expensive. So I've been consolidating my trips. Like if I know I have to go somewhere in our closest town to us, then I'm going to do everything I need to do in that town. Or if we're going to go to church, that's a good time to stop at the stores on the way home because that's where the stores are. And so I'm being a lot more intentionable. Inten- I don't know why I keep saying intentionable. <laughs> I'm being a lot more intentional about how I use my money and my time. And so I've been thinking about it, you know, with... Um, with cutting corners you know where else can I cut corners like and I think when we get down to it there's a lot of places we can cut corners that I know for some of us you're like I have cut every single corner there's no corners left it's just a big circle like I get it um but sometimes we really have to sit down and say like all right what things are gonna have to go for now maybe not forever but what things are going to have to go for now and how can we cut corners um, and how can we, you know, not waste? Because I think we live in a very wasteful society. We live in a society that, number one, we're wasteful and number two, we think that everything is replaceable. Something breaks, eh, we'll just get a new one. Not so nowadays, right? Um, And so there's a lot we can learn from our grandparents, right? Many of us have grandparents that lived through Great Depression times. We can learn a lot from, I mean... When I think about how my grandparents lived, they lived so simply in small homes, grew a lot of their own food, um, started some from seeds probably though, <laughs> uh, you know, didn't go out to eat, didn't go spending money frivolously, you know, just enjoyed life and didn't try to... Uh, you know, do all the things. Like I feel like our society, you feel like you've got to do all the things. You don't. You can be quite content and happy uh, just doing your thing at home. You don't need to fill up your schedule and go here and go there. You know, so this mindset of these challenging times, we can actually use it to our advantage and say to ourselves like, all right, this is going to be a really good time for me to get with the Lord to really decide What's important for me to do every single day? Like if I'm talking about living for him, I'm simply living for him. Am I really living for him or am I like living for myself and throwing a little bit of him in there? But if I'm really living for him, all of these material things really don't matter. And all of these extra things that are distracting me are just that distractions. And it's really important to say, you know what? I am going to focus on building the kingdom. And you know what? I can guarantee you there were people in the Bible that built the kingdom of God and missionaries, modern day missionaries that have built the kingdom of God and they didn't have a lot of money. Look at George Mueller. Have you ever heard of George Mueller? He is an amazing story to read about. So go read about George Mueller, how he had nothing, but he wanted to build the kingdom. 
He took in orphans and he just did so much. And he did it by his faith. Every time he would pray and be like, Lord, we need something. I trust you. It would like show up at his door. And I'm not saying we're going to sit here and be like, Lord, I need to win the lottery and you're going to win the lottery because that's not going to happen. But what I'm saying is God will provide what you need. And often what you need isn't what you think you need. And there's another aspect to this as well that I wanted to kind of encourage you because I was feeling, like I said, coming home from the grocery store after seeing the prices in the grocery store and feeling like I, I this only way I could describe it is just like squeezed. I was just like, you know what? When is this going to go away? When is this going to get better? Like there's no end in sight. And as I'm like thinking about it, I'm passing the gas station and it says 475 and We've got a big road trip coming up uh, this weekend, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, the gas and all of these things. And you know what? I just feel like God is calling us back to him. We can get so wrapped up in our security of the things of this world. We can get so wrapped up in our comforts, our creature comforts, and wanting everything to be just so. Like I said, people that have built the kingdom of God, they weren't being punished because they were poor. God was working through their weaknesses. Like being poor or not having, I mean, because even with everything right now the way it is, I, I would say that most of America is not necessarily poor like we like we think of right we're not we all have most of us have homes and you know we're not starving on the streets. So it's very easy to feel like, woe is me, and we don't have a lot of money and all of that. And I mean, I know some of you out there are struggling very much, so I'm not trying to downplay it. But what I'm trying to say is God is not punishing us. God wants to work through us. And God wants to, like, I've been feeling a lot lately, like he just wants to untether me from this world. He wants me to let loose my grip that I have on the creature comforts of this world, on the fake and false security that I have in my stuff and in our bank account. And he wants to say, look, you want to simply live for him? Then simply live for him. Like, do it. It's time to walk the walk and truly not put your security in the things of this world. I was reminded of Habakkuk today. If you've ever read this short little book in the Bible, I remember when Steve lost his job, this this verse became pretty, pretty, uh, sorry, I'm just moving all my things around to get my Bible out here. This verse became pretty dear to me. And so it ends, the book of Habakkuk, there's only three chapters. It ends with this passage here. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. So it's saying here, like, though we have nothing, the fig tree isn't blooming. The uh, fields aren't producing. Uh, there's no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice. 
And so I was reading that today and I was like, I want to be reminded actually what the book of Habakkuk is about because I know that verse very well and I know what it's saying that even though we may feel like we are running out of our stuff, even though we may feel like we are being squeezed dry of our finances right now, even though we feel like there's no end in sight, it says, I will rejoice in the Lord, the God of my salvation, because that is our riches right there, our salvation. So I was looking up uh, Habakkuk, and I, I just want to share with you what it says in my um, Bible here, the introduction, so you can understand where that verse is coming from. But it says here, this is interesting, that the word Habakkuk, it says um, that name means either embrace or or the wrestler. And it says these meanings correspond to Habakkuk's wrestling with the question of why God would let evil go unpunished. Why would he bring calamity on his own people? Do you feel like that these days? Are you like, Lord, what is going on? There is so much evil going on in the world. And most days it feels like it's winning. And we're over here being squeezed out of our finances. And then it says here, though, but Habakkuk at the same time embraced salvation by faith. And so it says he was deeply troubled with the injustice that prevailed in his land. And he was desirous that the Lord would act against it. I know I felt like that these days. I'm like, Lord, why does it always feel like the good are losing and the evil are winning? But then it says God informed him that the Chaldeans... Um, the Babylonians uh, would rise up to destroy Judah. Habakkuk was not pleased. He questioned why God's people should perish at the hands of the Chaldeans. And guess what? God's reply was, wait, consider who I am and keep silent. So Habakkuk accepts this verdict and he offers up prayers that express his trust in God. And that's where we get that beautiful passage at the end. And so let me read to you what it says here in Habakkuk 2. Uh, it says here, the Lord answered me. He's answering Habakkuk. He says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. It seems slow. Wait for it. Oh, I love that. God's like, wait for it. Wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. All right, then it says, I'm not going to read the whole thing just for time's sake. Um, I'm just trying to see. I would encourage you, just go read Habakkuk. Go read the book and do a little research and see what was going on at the time. Because if you ever feel like, okay, Lord, we're, we're good. We're on your side. Why are we suffering? Take heart. You are not alone. There are a great many uh, people throughout time that we can find historically in the Bible that also suffered, that also felt like evil was winning, that also felt like they were being squeezed. They they were saying here, you know, the there's the stalls are empty. That's like me. The gas tank is empty, right? The uh, the food stores are empty, right? The the harvest is not there, but I will wait. 
I will trust you. I will not trust the grocery store. I will not trust the gas station. I will trust you, Lord. What are you doing in these circumstances? How are you refining me? How are helping how are you helping me to rely on you even when I have very little left here on earth? Because the truth be told, we can have nothing left here on earth. We have the Lord and our salvation. What more is there? to ask for. Because I could have a full tank of gas. I could have a full bank account. I could have full grocery store shelves. I could have all the money in the world. But if I don't have my salvation, I am the poorest person. I would never want riches if I didn't have my salvation. My salvation is the biggest treasure I own. God's word is my treasure. Jesus is my treasure. My faith is my treasure. And so these times that are challenging and these times that are tough, they remind us. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but I will trust in the name of the Lord my God that these things of this earth are temporary, but he is eternal, that these things of earth are never more powerful than he is. They don't give us security. Only he does. And so these times can help us to, you know, like I said, be intentional and discerning and make wise choices about how we spend our earthly time and money, but they can also refine us and untether us. I feel like God is loosening my grip finger by finger. Like, Karen, let go. Let go of your earthly comforts and let me fill you. Let go of your earthly earthly uh, pleasures and let me be the one that you rejoice in. Now, this is coming from somebody who has often struggled with anxiety over finances and always been like, Steve, are we going to run out of money? And I think it's because like I said, at the beginning of the episode, we Steve lost his job three times in our marriage, in our early years of marriage. And it's like, a little bit traumatic. I'm always like, are we going to go back to that place where you know, I know what it's like to have no money. But I'm so foolish. Because if I go back to those times, God always provided. Here we are today. We'd never, ever were so destitute, you know, that we couldn't eat or drink or have shelter. And yet, I'm going to remind myself that even without one single earthly treasure, if I have the Lord, I have everything. And that's something that's easy for people to say. But then like when the rubber meets the road, you're like, wait, our bank account's empty. Wait, the grocery store shelves are empty. Wait, we have no money. But we have the Lord. And we have to trust that wholeheartedly. It's so easy to say the words like, yeah, I trust, I trust. But it's so hard to actually do it. And so these times that we're in, maybe God is saying, You don't need that stuff. You know, I've been saying for years here at Simply Living for Him, declutter, get rid of stuff. And I'm really feeling it now more than ever. 
I remember when the pandemic first happened and, and everything was shut down and we all had to be home. And I was like, wow, talk about simplifying. I love it. Like, I don't have to focus on going anywhere. I don't have to focus on, you know, how I look because I'm not going anywhere. I don't have to buy anything like new clothes or anything like that. But you know what? Then things start open up again. Life goes back to normal and you forget. Now God's like, you know what? I'm going to try this again. I'm going to try this again and show you just what you really need. And what you really need is me. And so he's really been teaching me lately, you know, yes, we can do all these practical things, like I said, to to live more simply. To, let's get back to the basics. Let's, you know, be like our grandparents. Let's stop putting all our security and stuff. Let's stop accumulating so much junk in our houses that we need storage units to store our junk and we pay to store our stuff. And let's really stop living that way. Let's stop thinking that stuff is going to make us feel good and stuff is going to fill us up because now we don't have the money to do all that. And God is trying to show us. Be intentional with what you have, with the provision that you have right now. Don't live beyond your means. Be intentional with what you have. Make good choices with what you bring in your home and what you think you need. Like right now, I'm not buying anything for our house. I'm like, we don't need a thing. Who cares, right? We have a home, a nice home to live in. I do not need fancy decor. I do not need to go and buy one more thing to, you know, make my house look a certain way. No, I want my house to feel a certain way. And my house will feel that way when it's filled with him and not stuff. And so we're building his kingdom. We're not building our own little kingdoms here. So I believe that God is saying like, enough, enough is enough. You don't need all this stuff. And if times are tight right now, good. Then that's a way that you can rely on me. And I, like he says in his word, wait, we all know what's going to happen. We all know he's victorious. And because he's victorious, we are victorious. So what are we anxious for? He will provide what we need. I would encourage you to go read Matthew 6, 25 to 34. I have um, actually a Bible study on that passage in our Simply Living for Him online women's community. You can come and join us at any time. You can go through that study on your own. There's some videos that go with it and some discussion. It's simplylivingforhim.com slash community. Um, but Matthew 6, 25 to 34, that passage if you study it, will really help you get your mind where it needs to be. God's saying in that passage, don't worry about what you need. I know what you need. Focus on me. Live for me. Put me first. And you're good. You're good. And like he says in Habakkuk, you just wait. Wait for it. Wait for it. And, and watch. Watch what I will do. And he's telling us this life is not about material possessions. It is not about riches. It is not about things. Stop thinking you need things to make your life better. You have Jesus. What else could be better? What are your priorities? Use these challenging times to really say, what are my priorities? Have my priorities been backward? Have I been, you know, chasing after the wrong things? What are your priorities? And I believe that that 
is a huge blessing that can come out of these challenging times if we can get our minds straight on where our priorities are. So I hope this encouraged you today. I'm not trying to downplay these challenging times because I get it. I'm right there with you. It's not easy, but we have the Lord. So I want to encourage you in that. I want to help you today to be encouraged. We will get through this. Be a little bit more resourceful. Be wise. Be intentional. Be discerning with your money. This is not like an easy time. A lot of us are feeling it now. We're feeling it big time. But there's nothing too hard for the Lord. This is There's nothing new under the sun. And there's been tough times before. And the Lord has not changed in all of history, through all of those tough times, he's been right there saying, wait for it. Wait for it. The victory will come one day when he sees everything to completion and Jesus returns. Wait for it. So I hope that encouraged you. If it did, I want to hear from you. I still want to hear your ideas for living uh, in these tough financial times. So you can always leave me a message at anchor.fm slash simply living for him. That would be um, amazing. So we could share some more wisdom maybe on a future episode or I can share those on Instagram or something like that. If you aren't following me on Instagram, head over there because I like to post on the stories. Um pretty much daily over there. Also on the YouTube channel, I do devotions on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. Or you can join me in my Simply Living for Him community, which is completely free. So times are tough. Come on over and get all the encouragement and fellowship, Bible studies. We do scripture writing and memorization challenges and just have beautiful uh, connections with other Christian women. And it's all online at simplylivingforhim.com slash community. We also have our in-person event coming this summer in July, July 13th to the 15th at the Lodges at Gettysburg in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. That's our two-day women's retreat in person. We're super excited about that. We have very limited space left. So if you are interested, you will want to register ASAP at simplylivingforhim.com slash retreat. So I hope that this encouraged you. And until the next time, I wish you all the blessings and joy in Jesus today.